0: Someone got six. (laughs) Okay. Can we try? Ah, it's up there. How about that? Is that online or is this? Try. Okay. We're going to get this to work one of these days. That should do it. Okay, well, we'll just go with that. It came up anyway, but we'll just leave it that way, and, and I will stay with this. How's everyone tonight? Great. Who says great? Tony the... There you go. Okay. All righty. So, um, still, I'm just playing with our technology. I just love technology, but sometimes when it works, it's great, but when it doesn't, it doesn't. Okay, God deserves our thanks, God deserves our praise. We're going to be looking at that tonight, and we're going to uh, uh, hopefully have some fun getting some feedback from each of you tonight also. Now, what do you say to a small child when someone gives them something? What do you say? You say to them, now say thank you. Why do we do that? We're training, we're training. So that thank you, and we all, we, we say, when, they, when you put food on the table, thank you. When someone gives you something to drink, you say thank you. It's just, it's just part of our culture to do that, but it happens in many other cultures also. So what do you do when someone gives you a present? You say thank you. And then what do you, what do you know, what do you say when someone gives you something and you don't like it? Thank you. (laughs) You go ahead and you say thank you. Absolutely. (laughs) So we're going to be looking at that. So tonight, what are some good habits that your parents sought to instill in you? What are some good habits your parents sought to instill in you? I need five responses. There's one. Yes, ma'am. Sue. Don't talk back. That one brings back memories. Backhand, huh? Okay. Did you raise your hand? Oh, sorry. Right here. You forgot. Okay. (laughs) Don't interrupt. (laughs) Don't interrupt. Give me another one. That's two. That's two. For me, it was when a lady walks into the room, stand up. Open the door for them. Take your hat off when you walk (laughs) inside. Yeah. Take your hat off. What else? Take your hat off. What else do you do? do? Pardon me? Pull out, pull out the woman's chair. Now, one of the things that, that I did at my brother-in-law's funeral, and it was something I learned, was all the ministers were c- seated, and a lady came up to read. Four of the six stood up, and the, and the church went, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> and the other two jumped right up. <laughs> It's so like, oh, sorry, I forgot. But those those habits, those things that we want to instill within our children, within ourselves, some of them carry over for the remainder of our life, especially if there's good things. Yes, ma'am. 501, absolutely. I was going to ask tonight, how many men demand your, t- your food to be on the table at 501? We'll talk about it later. <laughs> we'll talk about it later, so... So but we're going to do it. now tonight, we're going to be looking at Psalm 65, and we're going to be looking at the purpose of this psalm. It's Thanksgiving and prayer, but we're also going to focus in on three stanzas. This this psalm, this song was written, and when David wrote this song, he like did the solos with the first two stanzas, and then he had an accompanying choir with him with the last one. And so we see that today. Uh, our choir, not saying us, but they did a wonderful job Sunday, didn't they? That was just, it was just gorgeous. It was wonderful. And uh, some of us, I mean, some of them were so nervous, they started to sweat. <laughs> I wonder, who could that be? So we begin. The first stanza is God's grace, verses 1 through 4. God's greatness, 5 through 8. And God's goodness and provision in verses 9 through 13. So we're going to be looking at that tonight. But one of the things before we get there is, I want to say this. God deserves our thanks and our praise. He deserves it. Not because he's God and he's God alone, but he deserves it because of he's a benevolent God. But he's a just God and he is a righteous God. And so he deserves that praise, that, that thanks. And it's, it's our natural response. It should be so natural as, as when you were raised to say thank you, that it just comes. Our expression of praise to God ought to just come out of us. Praise the Lord ought to be just something that we do and something that we say, and we don't have to be prompted to do that because God deserves it. And we... Or privileged to have that opportunity to say, thank you, Father. It's our privilege to do that. And so we are able to do that. Now, in, in Sunday school, we've been, we've been studying the book of Genesis. And in Genesis, we've been talking about the the covenant God. And a covenant God, he made so many covenants with us. And the covenants, we're going to talk about here in just a little bit. But it's his agreement with you. His agreement with me. His agreement with Israel. His agreement in terms of... That he cannot lie. Once he's promised something, it will come to pass, and we can trust him fully for who he is and for what he's able to do. Now, how many of you say "Amen" in church? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12. Some of you are raising your hands after I started counting. <laughs> but how many of you, it's natural just to say "Amen? That ought, to be, that ought to be part of who we are. We ought to be able to say, "Amen, Pastor Jennings. what would happen if we did that? He'd go, <laughs> but he'd probably like it. <laughs> and so the basis or meaning in the Semitic root from which it is derived means that amen is firm, is fixed, and it's sure. God's word is firm, is fixed. And it is sure whatever God has written in the hearts of man in the Old Testament prophets and those in the New Testament. Those words were firm. Those words were fixed. And those those are sure. Now, to be related in the Hebrew verb also means to be reliable and to be trusted. Can you be trusted? With a million dollars. And she says, "Mm?" (laughs) can we be trusted? Are we reliable? Are we we trusted enough to be able to say someone says, you know, Dave is always going to be a person who's going to step up and be able to say the right thing. He's going to have a voice of reason. He's going to do the right thing. You can just depend on him to do that. I can, depend on, I can depend on Sue to, to irritate me, I mean, uh, tease me <laughs> every Sunday. <laughs> I can just about trust that she is going to do that. <laughs> but today, tonight, we'll be looking at God's grace. and We'll be looking at verses 1 through 4 in Psalm 65. And this is where we're going to be tonight. So, it's a fascinating scripture text that we're going to be looking at. Praise Waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, and unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me, as for our transgressions, thou shalt purge away. Blessed is a man. Whom thou choosest and causest to approach thee, that he may dwell in thy courts, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even thy holy temple. If praise belongs anywhere, it belongs to God. Amen. It belongs to God, and he is worthy to be praised. And so, no one else is deserving of worship. Some people in our, in our culture have, have been in a situation where we, we worship a football player or we worship a certain singer or we, we do those things. And, and what we're seeing here is that only God in his goodness is to be worshipped that way. So we thank him for all that he has done and it is truly fitting to praise him. Now, so the setting of Psalm 65 is the Feast of Tabernacles, 2 Chronicles 8:13. The festival of harvest is explained in way in Exodus 23, 16, and the Lord's festival in Leviticus 23, 39. It's the autumn time of the year. And when the, that autumn time of the year or the harvest time of the year comes, there's a lot of celebration that's going on. Why? Because the fruits of man's labor are being manifest before him. They put seed in the ground. God brought rain and nourishment, and the seed grew, matured, developed, and now it's ripe and it's ready to be harvested. And so now we're seeing that harvest time of the year, the people are rejoicing. And it's thanksgiving and prayer in this psalm that David wrote, and he's wanting us to see, understand, and to embrace. And so the people are celebrating what? What? God's provision and his audience was for those who were celebrating at that time. So the Feast of Tabernacle or the Sukkot is the great annual uh, pilgrimage festival when the Jewish people would gather together in Jerusalem not only to remember God's provision in the wilderness but also to look forward to the promised Messiah. There are many of the Jewish people that still are waiting the promised Messiah. But Messiah has already come. But Messiah is coming back again. Didn't we just hear on Sunday that he's going to come back on a white horse? He's going to come back as a victor. He's going to come back as a warrior. And the word of his m- mouth is going to destroy. It's going to do some things. It's going to be a wonderful time when that all comes about. And so what did, he, what did Jesus teach at the uh, Feast of Tabernacles? He said this In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. It was a powerful sermon that Jesus offered to quench the deepest thirst that we could ever have. And that thirst that we have is a thirst that only He can satisfy. And so He place within me a desire and need for him that only he can meet. And yet many people to satisfy... Was that me or someone else? <laughs> no, okay. I th- it sounded like my phone. That's my, that's my ringtone. <laughs> you can't have that one. <laughs> so, and so, let me go here. My... PowerPoint went off. So, so the deepest uh, thirst that we have, only He is able to satisfy for us. Okay? So, now, moving on. So, praise waiteth for thee. Hebrew, it says, this phrase is literally to pray to you, silence is even praise. That sounds like a, that sounds like, Something's wrong there. Silence is actually praise. Is that true? Are there times that you are so thankful to God for what he's done in your life that you are speechless? And all you can do is just go. And it's praise. And he receives glory. Glory and honor for that. You know, I think the angels, when they look down at us and they see us praising God, they go, they do what we do. They're praising God. And so, praise waited for thee, is what what David wrote. Now, this wasn't supposed to come up that way. They should have come up one by one. Because I was going to ask, what are some of the reasons to praise God? But now, you guys already get the answers. (laughs) That wasn't fair. (laughs) I think I've got about 15 different reasons that I I just sat and I just thought, you know, what are some of the reasons to praise God? And I praise him that I have a clear mind. (laughs) Physical health, abundance, my church family, the gift of song. Just think about all the things that, that we can be thankful for and what he is doing in and through us all the time. I thank him for his rest. I, get, I, I thank him for peace. But I praise him and I magnify his name because of his anointing. Because without that anointing, without the fullness and the filling and the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God, I'm left on my own. And I need that in order to navigate through this world that's raging with disagreements and evil and and anger and hurt and all these things. So these are some of the reasons that I praise God. I praise him because of, and and many, many more, but he satisfies my soul. Jesus said, if any man let let him come unto him and and he would give him something to get rid of his thirst. Okay? Now, verse 2. Hearst Verse 2. Here's prayer. So, Psalms 34, 15 through 17. It's kind of of a, a close parallel. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. And his ears are what? Open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. To cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Verse 17. The righteous cry... Now what do we just hear about the righteous? Up in verse 15? His ears are open unto their cry, And so the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth. So he's kind of doubling up upon that. So the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles, all of the troubles, not just part of them, but all of them. And how many troubles are there? Have you ever had any troubles in your life? One or two? You ever had a couple? Now, what did they used to call you what? Unruly Julie. Unruly Julie. You had some trouble. <laughs> that is the truth, though, isn't it? <laughs> Why are you turning red? <laughs> the righteous cry, and the Lord hears. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. And he hears. And not only does he hear... He's ready to come, and he's able to deliver me out of all my troubles, okay? Now, how can rebels like us enjoy such a gift? How is it? Because of God's divine ability to forgive our sins. Man, I have really enjoyed the study of the book of Genesis. It has just been awesome, but when I think about God's ability to forgive sins. Here's what's even better and remember them no more. Now, I remember it, but he remembers it no more. Think about that. How many of you had pity parties? Woe is me. Woe is me. I didn't get my food at 501. Woe is me. (laughs) But he forgives our sins. Now, here's the other thing that's really kind of interesting. We can't repay the gift or exchange such grace and redemption. How many of you ever played trachor when you were growing up? Trachor? Trade, T-R-A-D-E, trade ya, okay, trade ya. Now, I had a big white marble, and my friend Steve Wright lived across the street. He had this is this is a long time ago now. He had two cat eyes. Steve, I trade ya for those cat eyes. <laughs> Well, if you give me that big white one and two more, maybe I'll give you the cat eyes. I don't have to bargain with God. It's settled in heaven. You know, I'm his child, and I don't have to try to repay him. We cannot reimburse him. I get that. But we can express what? Gratitude in his presence. Wouldn't it be something else if Sunday, and I don't say this to try to make it happen, but but there, there are those services, and I've been in those, where the Spirit of God is moving amongst his people, and there are people waving their hands, and there are people in, in quiet, just humble adoration, just praising him, and the whole building was just in a hush, but yet there was demonstrations of praise going on. It's just incredible. Now, many of us think, you know, a bunch of people jumping up, waving their hand, and screaming loud, but this one was a, this had a different feel to it. It was just, it was just awe. God, that Jesus' name was being magnified, and people were coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus, and as they came forward crying, that's all you could hear was just a crying, but not only the crying here, the crying of loved ones in the, in the audience that was crying because a lost soul had come to Jesus. And their heart was just broken. But God had broken them and brought them to his saving grace and his saving knowledge. It's just an excellent thing. Now, better hurry. God's greatness by terrible things in righteousness Wilt thou answer us, O our God, O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of them that are far off upon the sea, which by His strength set it fast the mountains, being girded with power, which stilleth the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the people? They also that dwell in the uttermost part are afraid of thy tokens. Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and the evenings to rejoice. Now, verse 8 is almost one of those glory, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus moments. Look at that. Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and evening to rejoice. We're going we're to gonna exegesis that a little bit more here in just a second, but I want to move on. Just a little quickly here, but righteousness of God. God's mighty acts are always in full harmony with his righteousness. Now, how would you describe God's righteousness? Anyone? Holy, perfect, just. You can't answer anymore. That's two. <laughs> what else? What else? Faithful. Love. Absolutely. The righteousness of God. He can't. He doesn't entertain evil. He is also going to hold certain people. All of us accountable. Accountable. But in love and in mercy, he will judge us. Remember when David, Nathan came to David and he told him the story about the guy who took the ewe lamb from this family. And David went, boy, let's let that guy have it. That is just not right. And Nathan said, you are the man. Can't imagine what went through the mind of David at that moment talk about conviction that was so strong it probably drove him to his knees but because God is so righteous we know that he'll not only be fair but he is going to be able to redeem David and do some mighty things in his life but still, David has to answer what he did there. So there's a sense of awe-inspiring, awe-inspiringness as we behold our God. So, God of salvation, God saved His people from uh, I need six answers. I think there's seven, but I need six tonight. God saved his people from from death is one. Hell is two. Separation, Separation three. Pain. Pain, okay. Yes. Iniquity. Iniquity. Hell. The devil. God has saved us from <laughs> he saved me from myself. <laughs> we can be our own worst enemy, can't we? You know, if, if someone lets you down as often as your guilty conscience has, would you ever trust them? <laughs> Probably not. But God of salvation, he reaches down to his people and he does some wonderful things. So the mighty deeds of God, a global perspective. Everyone in every part of the world can see God's works on display. And what do I mean by that? For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they, in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, are without excuse. Name the one place that you've been to where you have just been awestruck to see the majesty of God's glory. Yes. Grand Canyon The Mountains of Colorado Pardon me Alaska Best Buy You know the next one is well What is it Harbor Freight <laughs> I love that place <laughs> What about babies Babies Next to Best Buy babies. <laughs> Everyone in every part of the world can see his works on display. And I believe they're singing the praises of God. But can we hear it? When Jesus was on his way to the, his passion, the scribes and the Pharisees said, Rabbi, Tell these people to be quiet. He said, I tell you what, if they stop saying, Hosanna, the rocks are going to cry out. And Pastor Ben, I've never heard a rock cry out. But I think if, if I stop long enough to ponder and consider Didn't David say, when I consider the stars and the moon, when we really stop and consider God's greatness and his creation, we can hear it. It may not be an audible vibration of sound waves, but it may be an impression upon the heart and on the mind. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world Are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his external or eternal power and Godhead, so that no one can say, God didn't, I I don't know anything about God. I never heard that. But God can bring silence. This is what I, I like about God can bring silence to the roaring seas and create calm waters. Remember when he was on the Sea of Galilee with his disciples and the storm blew in, and the ship was tossing, and it was filling up. And where was Jesus? Asleep. Are you a heavy sleeper? So when something goes boom, you're still sitting there. Are you scared? <laughs> Sorry about that. Wow. Wow. That was I was trying to get his attention. He was asleep and I was seeing if he was going. <laughs> hey, this is not part of the lesson. Pastor's back over there. Stop it. <laughs> now, where was I going with that illustration? <laughs> anyway, Jesus was asleep. <laughs> and the waves and the wind, the tempest was rocking and rolling. That ship was all over the place. And what did his disciples say? Master carest thou not that we perish? Don't you care that we're getting ready to depart this world? And Jesus stood up. He said, peace. Be still. And no sooner than the words came out of his mouth, there was a great calm. That is incredible. Think about that. That is just kind of blows you away. Psalms 93, 1 through 4 kind of mirrors what we just read. The Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength. Wherewith he hath girded himself. The world also is established or established. It's fixed. It cannot be moved. The throne is established of old. Thou art from everlasting. Then he goes on in verse 3. The floods have lifted up, O oh Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. i want to stop right there just real quickly. Um, hurricane Jean off the coast of Florida. I can't remember the year we were down there. Remember the hurricane? We had six hours of all the trees doing this, this way. Then about an hour or two like this, and then eight hours of the trees doing this way. I mean, it. Well, I was tired. (laughs) I I just, you know, hey, I had trusted, you know, if I'm going to leave tonight, I'm (laughs) no sense in waiting up for it. I'm going to go to bed. But the wind was blowing and all that was so loud. It was incredible. And he is able to. The floods may lift up their voice. They may lift up their ways. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters. Yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. He can just say, peace, be still. And just like that, things will come unto order that's that's really exciting now tokens or signs we're going to look at that just just real quickly um token or sign is something or someone is marked Cain was marked in Gen Uh oh I didn't Cain was marked in Genesis chapter 4 verse 15 Rahab the harlot how what was she marked for what was Rahab the harlot what did she say to the spies Remember, she said, remember me? She tied the, the ribbon, the scarf, outside her, her house on the wall. That was a sign. That was a token. Okay? And then the last one in Genesis, we're going to be studying that here, is a rainbow. There is no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You can drive for days. <laughs> You'll never find it. But God said he would never destroy the world that way again. And he means it. I think I like this part. From the midnight to the morning or early evening to to early morning, however you want to look at it, God's voice is speaking loud in all of nature and in all of his people. Any time is an appropriate time to worship and praise God. <laughs> Early in the morning when you just get up, late at night when you're getting ready to go to bed, when you, when you stub your toe, it's a good time to praise God. <laughs> no matter what time it is, you should be ready to praise God. It's almost like when you were a little child, you go back to, oh, thank you. Should someone his age say thank you? Your wife says, Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you said, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> Psalm 65, 9-13. God, God's goodness. Better hurry. So, the attribute of his character is his goodness. When in Genesis chapter 1... When God was, was, was in his creation mode, the first day to the sixth day he was creating things, he said what? After he was created, he said, it is good. So what does that mean? It is good. Perfection. There's nothing else you can do. Can you make a sunrise any different or better than what God has already made? Can you make the Grand Canyons look any prettier? None of that. Okay? Thou visitest the earth and, and waters it. Now, so remember David. The setting, feast of tabernacles. The harvest is, going, is coming in. And some of the grain has produced some 20-fold, some 30-fold, some 100-fold. And all of this is being brought in. God's provision in the bountifulness of of the harvest is coming in. And it's just, it's like, wow, how much more is coming in? God has been so good. Look at all of this. Thou visitest the earth. It's not that God is way up in heaven and he never looks down to see what's going on, but he comes and he is a part of his creation. He waters it, and if thou greatly enrichest, with the river of God, which is full of water, thou preparest them corn, which thou hast provided for it. Thou waterest the ridges thereof, how abundantly! thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the springing thereof. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness. And upon the hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. During this time, there's such rejoicing going on because of what's happening. Some months prior to this, as they prepare the the ground, they put the seed in. And then by faith, they wait for the early rains. And when the early rains come, what happens? All of a sudden, all of their labor starts sprouting. And then after that, they begin to get some height on them. And they begin to fill in and get thick. And they grow up. And all of a sudden, just before you know it, the wheat has turned tan and golden brown and now it's time to harvest and now it's this time of year thou crownest the year with thy goodness and thy pads drop fatness there is so much abundance that god is it just david is saying that you just give so much god it's just it's more than enough it's just the pastures are clothed with thy flocks the valleys are covered over with corn they shout for joy I'm going to shout for joy close to you, but I'm going to tell you I'm going to do it, okay? They shout for joy. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> oh. Many people don't believe in God. We call them atheists. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The Bible calls him a fool. You know what else I learned when I was a young boy? Never call anyone a fool. Never spit on anyone. Never sweep out of your back door at night. (laughs) (laughs) That one I'm still wrestling with. (laughs) Old wife's tale or something large number of people who believe in a detached God and that he created everything, but he's not interested in us anymore. He just did his thing and he's, he's gone. Deuteronomy 28, 12. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. Sometimes God blesses us in spite of us. I think about Michael Gentry and I feel sorry for that boy. I really do, but God says, no, you've been redeemed. You've been redeemed by my son's blood. I'm a saint. You're a saint, isn't that amazing? I was gonna say, you can call me Lord, but that's for my wife to do. (laughs) the heavens to give the rain into the land in his season and to bless all the works of thine hand and thou shalt lend unto many nations and thou shalt not borrow. When we do things God's way, there is a blessing and there is order. And I don't think America would be as bad off as we are right now if we could go back To being a Christian nation. We're not a Christian nation anymore. We are a nation that has some Christians. But even few in number, we have a mighty God. (laughs) And that mighty God is able to turn the tides and change the course of things here on this earth. What did Pastor say on Sunday? That God has the king's heart in his hand. He can move however he wants to. He can wake Joe Biden up and get him to do some things that nobody would think is possible. We got to pray for our leaders. And the church said, amen. Amen. (laughs) That doesn't look very good on the screen up above. That looks really nice. I was going to go through the process there, but it looks so bad, I'll just keep going. <laughs> this is a picture from over in Israel. I can't tell you the ex- exact location, but and you stand there <laughs> and look out across there, and if you can say that there is no God, and we just came here all of a sudden, and it took billions and billions and billions of years for, for nothing to become something and then blow up in the Big Bang and then somehow or another gravitate back to each other again. You imagine, Carmen, you used to be primordial slime. <laughs> that, that's a compliment and if, if there ever was one. No, I wasn't. I was made in the image of God there was no, there was no, let me see now, what am I going to do? If I'm going to make man in my image, what should he look like? How should he act? Should I give him two ears or one? Should I give him a half a brain? He were, we were made in his image. The eyes of the Lord go back and forth over the world. His ear is open to the cries of the righteous, his people. His heart is tender and giving for those, his people. I got two minutes. I'm going to do it. Isaiah 55, 10 and 12. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, tither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the either, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. So we've talked about his hearing, his seeing, now his word. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. As God's word goes out, it may look like no one's coming around and seeing what Pastor Ben is saying, but as Pastor Ben preaches the word and as the Sunday school teachers teach the word, people are going to hear it, souls are going to be converted, and life changed. But I think sometimes we get caught up wanting to see the changes happen real fast. But God, in the way he moves in the hearts and minds of people, does it in a different way. For ye shall go out with what? Joy. There's, there's a song. I'm trying to remember it. Joy unspeakable. I'll come back to it. You shall go and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall what? Oh. Clap their hands. Ho! Oh. This is a metaphorical image that should move us to see that all God has done for us and add our voices of praise. If the trees can praise, so can I. If the rocks can praise, so can I. If the children who are the little small children out of, out of the mouths of babes and sucklings can praise, so can I. Let everything that is within me praise and bless His what? His holy name. When you look at creation, do you hear its song? Psalm 65. The purpose was thanksgiving and prayer, the stanzas was His grace, His greatness, His goodness, and His provision. Give thanks. With a grateful heart, give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's what? Given Jesus Christ, his son. Thank you, Lord, so much for this evening and for what you have shown us in your word.